0: And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, the True Hill Phenom, SP3. This is a special Smack Talk edition here with the legendary Dutch Mantel. How you doing today, Dutch?
1: I'm, I'm doing fine. Hey, if you hear some noise in the background, uh, this is the only place I can do this podcast, and there's kind of working on my house. So you might hear some beans and pot, you know, knocks. Just overlook them. No worries. No worries. I got to that, get
0: That's what the editors are here for. But, Leah, we we didn't have a Smack Talk edition last week. You were traveling, doing some work. So we decided to do this pre-tape edition to talk about some important news in the wrestling world. We usually talk... We usually talk about SmackDown and Rampage, so AEW and WWE. So that's what we'll do here on this pre-recorded edition. Uh, One of the bigger news stories in all of wrestling is in All Elite Wrestling, where there is a lot of backstage drama, Dutch Mantel, and it it all centers around CM Punk, the AEW World Champion, who returned to the company two weeks ago on last week's uh, AEW Dynamite, the August... 17th edition of AEW dynamite he cut a promo where he went back and forth with john moxley a very captivating promo where he uh talked about moxley uh being the third best guy in his group blackpool combat club and that being a reoccurring thing being the third best guy in all of his groups he talked about him not being the best john that he's ever beaten in chicago talked about his best friend eddie eddie kingston not being the uh third best eddie he's been in the ring with and the second best Kingston he shared a locker room with, but all of those promo points from CM Punk is not what everybody's talking about. Everybody was talking about the first part of his promo, where he was supposed to start off talking about John Moxley, who he's versing on this week's August twenty-fourth edition of AEW Dynamite. It was when he talked about Hangman Adam Page, seemingly out of nowhere, calling Page out to uh, have a rematch for the AEW World Championship. And then when Page didn't answer, he said that wasn't Cowboy deleted. He said that was he was a coward for not answering his call. And he says that the apology needs to be as loud as the disrespect was. And then we got the further report from Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer a new Radio, where he said that that was an off-script comment by CM Punk that wasn't planned. And then Fightful further uh, you know, divulged information saying that CM Punk was upset with some words that Hangman Adam Page had to say during their feud ahead of double or nothing where hangman page kind of alluded to cm punk's fractured friendship with colt cabana and it's caused this whole backstage drama within aew where uh there is real life heat between cm punk and hangman adam page and more of like overall there's a lot of drama a lot of people pissed off backstage in aew what's your thoughts on that more directly to the cm punk and hangman page part of it
1: i love this Because if you want guys to act pissed off at each other, I got a novel idea. Hey, let them get pissed off at each other. Let them really do it so they're really mad. Then they can go to the ring and let it it all just evolve, evaporate there or evolve there. Uh, CM Punk is a heat-seeking son of a gun. And he's always done that. Even in WWE, you know, he would say something, and I don't know what it is about punk, but when he says something, it travels like wildfire. Surround the dressing room. Uh, He said this and he said that. But yet, not a lot of people approached him about it. Why did you say it? Now, they may do it in AEW. Now, I was reading this morning, uh, Tony Schiavone, he came out and says, oh, there's not as much drama backstage in AEW as you've been hearing and I'm thinking well, what's he supposed to say I mean he's got to come out and he says this. what he was really saying was there's no more than usual in a wrestling dressing room well it may not be any more than usual in AEW but that drama would not be allowed in WWE because I would say Vince but since Vince is gone that's, that's not allowed I, I think AEW's dressing room I don't know who runs it I don't know who even controls it or tries to maintain order over it but apparently whoever is trying to do it or they're doing a a, a crappy job but CM Punk's a leader so is Moxley they're leaders so if they don't lead that dressing room who's going to lead it so if everybody's mad at everybody else what you're doing you're dividing your dressing room And usually when you divide a dressing room, it's not good for anybody. Now, Tony Khan, he came under some heat lately because he was allegedly screaming backstage or upset backstage. And who was the person he was supposed to have talked out of quitting? Who was that? Uh, well,
0: the the report from Fightful was that CM Punk, that people within AEW feared that CM Punk may quit the company because he was, like I said, very upset of what Hangman Adam Page had to say to him. He had a meeting with AEW higher-ups. Uh, there was a Voices of Wrestling report that also alluded to him telling uh, certain individuals that he would not lose to uh, Hangman Adam Page, and he had recent frustrations that people thought that he would no-show last week's August 17th edition of AEW Dynamite. So if if anybody you've been hearing that they said they may quit, I think the report was uh, about CM Punk, but that was just certain people in the locker room thought he may quit.
1: Well, I don't like that in the dressing room. Oh, I'm going to quit. I'm not going to put this guy. Well, you had no problem with taking the job. If you're playing baseball and you're a third baseman and all of a sudden you said, well... I want to play second base. I don't want to play third. Well, they didn't hire you for that. They hired you to go out and do your job. Now, I think it's very unprofessional and said stuff like that. Uh, And if he gets his way, I mean, that sets a very, very bad example to all the other guys in AEW. And if Tony Khan, if he has any balls at all, he'll stand up to him and tell him if he wants to leave. He can leave. Then if I was Tony Khan, I would go out on that TV myself and I would bury him. You know, they're hearing this stuff anyway. So I would just go out there and... Because he's going to bury the company when he leaves if he's mad anyway. So go on TV and bury him first. That's what I would do. So it's been done before. It will be done again. So, But hopefully they'll get this straightened out because... There's a lot of things about AEW that needs work on. Here's another thing I I wanted to bring up. Did you see Tony Khan talking about, and it's one of those botch videos, and he was talking about, we don't train these guys. We don't have a school that trains them. Did you see that? Yeah, I think it was an all. It
0: was a kind of an edited video that got one certain part of what he was saying and kind of made it into something with like the botches from AEW. I think I saw you
1: post it. Uh, This is if if somebody gets hurt in AEW, that's going to be a hell of a lawsuit. And then they will go back. To Tony Khan saying that, but well, we don't train these guys, or well, if you don't train them, and then so somebody breaks their neck, and it's a two million dollar lawsuit or more. I don't know how you defend against that. If you put that in front of a jury, and with Tony Khan saying, even though it's edited, we don't train these guys. I think what he's saying we don't train them. We just use them as they as they come. And and we let them go. That's almost incriminating in and of itself and I'm not a lawyer. I'm just saying if you don't train these guys and they're doing all these dives outside and you know what's unsafe, why don't you ban that stuff? Because somebody I
0: think mean, he was more If you watch the full interview, he was more saying like kind of what you've said a lot of times about like how WWE is basically they get a wrestler. And then they try to re- they were trying to reprogram them into the WWE way. That's what a that's what Tony Khan was trying to say. He doesn't try to program them to work a certain way. He just takes them as the wrestler they are. They do have actually training. Like I know that William Regal does a lot of training with like folks like Jade Cargo and you know. Brian Danielson has also worked with Jay Cargo and Dustin Rhodes uh, trains at the nightmare factory along with Q team Marshall for a lot of their younger stars. So it's not like they don't, they don't train people at all. They do train people that are less experienced. He was just trying to more, more or less say, cause I watched the full interview or that full part of the interview. He was saying he doesn't try to like reprogram them in the way that the WWE performance center does. It's still
1: incriminating. If you're a Jewry and you're sitting there and you don't know a lot about wrestling and you hear this guy say that and he's the owner, well, he's saying, well, hell yeah. Anybody can just come in off the street and do what they want to do. Hey, some of those botches, I'm surprised nobody has been really, really hurt. I mean, I saw that girl. She comes diving through and lands uh, really in a bad way on her neck. It hurt me watching it. So anyway, but the only good thing that saves these guys is you are young. The only thing that saves them. Because if they were if they were older, they wouldn't get up, I don't think. I well, wouldn't let anybody I wouldn't let anybody suplex me there anyway. I'd be holding on to ropes and the mat and the referee and everything. You're not gonna suplex my ass.
0: Well, finishing up on the AEW topic with their backstage drama that's going on. I also know that uh, Conan said on the Keeping It 100 uh, podcast that he's heard from certain wrestlers backstage in AEW that they are pissed off with their booking with, you know, the the all the people that they've acquired in the past year has kind of pushed back some of their day one stars. What do you think Tony Khan should do as far as any backstage drama and keeping the peace and the happiness that AEW is known for, where it's been a very, it's been a kind of the first year of struggle for AEW in 2022.
1: Well, I think he hired too many people, way, way too many people. How can he have that many people? He's almost doing a WWE in a smaller scale. He has talent. When's the last time you saw uh, Brian Danielson on TV?
0: Uh, Brian Danielson has been on TV since uh, his return. He was injured after double or nothing, and he's been wrestling uh, Daniel Garcia on Dynamite. He was on the last
1: week's Dynamite. Well, you don't see a, I don't. Uh, again, I watch Rampage is all I watch. But you might see a guy and you might not see him again on that show for another month. And that's what they're teed off about. They're really teed off about that, I guess. But if I was Tony Khan and I would, I would call a a group meeting and say, "If, if you're not happy, just walk in and tell me and I'll just let you go. That's the best thing you can do. But see, is he, is he paying all these guys? Yeah. Even the ones he don't use that much. Yeah. Well, then they need to shut up. If you're getting paid, sit back and get your money. Because if you're getting paid, you're not you're not taking a chance of getting hurt. So, I, I wouldn't be bitching and moaning because that's a good way to get your ass run off. To bitch and moan. And to sow uh, discord, I guess, or animosity in the dressing room—I mean, that's a cancer, and the cancer grows more and more and more and more. And and I've have seen it happen before. Whole dress rooms teed off at the promotion. So unless you are, unless you are in a position to do something about it, now I can see if you if you got signed and you weren't being used and not being paid. But these guys can make independent shots. So you see how much better off they are? They have a base with AEW. I don't care what they get paid a week or per appearance, $700, $7,000, whatever, $500. But that's their base. Now go make your independent shots, sell your merchandise, and shut the F up. And ride it as long as this train is going to carry you. Because one day Tony Khan will wake up and say, Well, maybe I made a mistake here and I made a mistake there. Well, and that's that's when this merry-go-round, that's when the ride ends. So and I don't think it's gonna end anytime soon. But but it could. But I'm gonna tell those guys and those guys are doing that from lack of experience. They've never been anywhere else. So they think if they just go in there and complain and bitch and moan, I have no sympathy for people who do that because that's not helping them. It's not helping the situation. It's making it worse. So, But, but they think if they go in an in a dressing room, I guess, and get more people on their side, that things will get better. It won't. I'll tell them that right now. It won't get better.
0: Very true, very true. It just causes dissent within the entire locker room, but it seems like kind of the, it's been a 180 when it comes to AEW and WWE at the start of the year. It always seemed like, you know, AEW had a whole bunch of, you know, locker room, very happiness, people trying to leave WWE to go to AEW. And now the tide has turned with Miss McMahon's whole scandal with him retiring, Triple H taking over. What do you think Think uh, the WWE creative direction. How do you think it's it's changed in the first month of Triple H being in power so drastically, and it's kind of led to an increase in viewership with Monday Night Raw doing uh, two million this past week, and as well as you know just overall the ratings seem more on the up than it was previously under Vince McMahon.
1: I think Triple H has made a big, big difference already. The biggest difference he's going to make right off the bat is by uh, attitude. The attitude is, I hear and it should be, the attitude is is better, a lot better. Because with Vince there, you know, you you couldn't talk to Vince. You could go in there and he may even just say, I have nothing to say to you. And, hey, I tried to see him for two years one time, couldn't get in. Got in one time. That's after two years trying to... And he kept saying, if you have any ideas, bring them to me. Well, how, how can you bring them to him if you, if, you, if you don't get a chance to talk to him? And the one thing about if you have an idea, you can't give it to an, one of those little writers because they don't get it anyway. So if you gave them this angle to take to Vince and Vince asked them some questions, they would poop all over themselves. Because they don't understand the angle going in. So they can't answer any questions. And that actually does your idea worse. So never give your idea to a writer or even an agent. Go see him yourself. Because you're the only one. You It's your idea. So go explain it. And then again, you can only explain an idea if you're face-to-face with the guy. And you may go in there to pitch your idea, and he may have something else he wants to tell you. So your idea gets pushed further down the line. But I think with Triple H, much, much easier to talk to. He's walking the hallways. Vince never walked the hallways. Vince went into his office, and everybody reported to Vince. And you didn't see Vince until time to about five minutes before you went live. That's when Vince would walk out of his office and walk to the gorilla position and sit down. But with Triple H, I guarantee you, he he doesn't sit in the office. He's walking the hallways. He's meeting everybody. See, instead of you going to see Triple H, Triple H is coming to see the talent. He's coming to talk to them. He's checking the temperature of the room. He's reading the room. So, and I guarantee you, All those guys are giving him ideas because they're relaxed and said, well, let me give this quick idea, blah, 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 blah. Whether it's accepted or not, still they pitch their idea. And the worst idea ever, I always heard this, is the one that's not pitched. So if you don't pitch it, nobody ever hears it, so they can't say it's good or bad. But in pitching an idea, that shows Triple H that you're interested in the product, and you may have something to add because, you know, most of those great ideas backstage didn't come from the writer; it came from the talent. That's the way it used to be, and I th- I think Triple H now I think I think people actually feel that the that the show is more relaxed. Even the announcers. are now are saying things that you never heard them yeah. say before. They're saying rustler and they're saying belts and all that you could not say before. And I read, I read uh, something that I think Road Dog said this that why certain why certain terms weren't used. Yeah,
0: know, like they, they didn't say hospital; they said medical facility. They
1: something. would say
0: WWE Universe instead of fans.
1: But I think if, if you talk over the fans, I think that pisses them off, too. I mean, they can, they're going to put up with it because they have no choice. But I, I never really understood that, why they, they tried to talk above their pay level, I guess, I want to say. But I guess hospitals was sounding too dangerous. I don't know what it was. But I do think now that the whole atmosphere and the whole mood of the WWE dressing room is more relaxed, more laid back, and there's no saying. My mother used to tell me, you get more of a sugar than you do with vinegar. And I think that's what, and and I think legitimately the guys like Triple H, they like him, because he's one of them. He came up doing the same thing they did. I mean, his his position was was different, but he never used that position to to accomplish his uh, what he wanted to do. Except recently, <laughs> with the Jeff Jarrett thing, I, I'm reading. All of a sudden, I'm just happen to read. I hadn't heard anything about it. Jeff Jarrett released for WWE. I mean yeah. Hell he just got there. He just got there two months ago. And I mean I texted him and he said, hey, congratulations on your on your on your WWE gig. And he went, well, oh thank you very much. And and then Rogue Doll was appointed to the same position they had released Jeff from. And I knew that Road Dog was a big, big buddy of Triple H from going way back. So I thought that they was going to get him in there somewhere, but why did they release Jeff? So if you think back, if you think back, I, I think some of those old grudges fall hard and are never forgotten. I do think Triple H may not have liked Jeff very much. And it was looking for a spot for, for road dog. And he, and I'm not saying this is true, but I'm saying that uh, he wanted to put him in that spot that that Jeff is in, because you got to remember, Jeff is a Vince hire and he's not a triple H hire. Yeah. You know, anybody that takes over a company I don't care what it is. It could be a damn service station. But you wanna you want your people in there. Not the people who are loyal to the last administration, but the but the people who, who are gonna be loyal to you. And I think that maybe and it's not that like Jeff would not be loyal, but I think that he was basically looking for a job for Road Dog and found him on and he had to get rid of Jeff and put him in there, so that's what he did. I think Jeff was great for that job because he's been around. He's been around the wrestling business. The only one who's actually been around the wrestling business as much as Jeff Jarrett was Road Dog. He's been around it for his whole life, and so has Jeff. Yeah. So, and I wish Jeff luck. I wish everybody luck. But I was thinking about that. I, I hate for somebody to lose their job. I really do, especially me. So, so don't fire me. <laughs>
0: They they're not gonna fire you they get they get this this good material from Dutch Red Tell, so they won't do that. But speaking of people being fired, a lot of people that were fired or released over the last couple of you know years from WWE are being brought back under Triple H. You had Dakota Kai make her return, Dexter Loomis, Karrion Cross, and Scarlett. Uh, Io Shirai was kind of on her way out the door, and she re-signed with the company under Triple H. And then the latest additions have been, you know, hit Row over on SmackDown. Uh, without the services of Swerve Strickland, who is with AEW. And then you, this past Monday on Raw in Toronto, Ontario, uh, the August 22nd edition of Monday Night Raw, Johnny Gargano made his way to WWE. So Dutch, I'm going to put you in the hot seat. If you had to say who is the... the Biggest acquisition from these stars that have been brought back in. Who do you see the biggest upside or potential for? Who would it be? And then who would you say you don't understand why they hired them back out of that list of names? I wasn't familiar with. Oh, we lost you for a second there. You're all dark. There you go. You get that phone, phone call. No, no, no. It was just all black. It was all, okay. all black screen. All right. <laughs> don't Karrion- worry, they can edit that.
1: Yeah. Karrion Cross. I wasn't that familiar with him. But I think he is a uh, a big hire because I think uh, the reason that he's back now is Triple H likes him and didn't understand why they got rid of him. Yeah, I mean, just because we don't understand why they got rid of somebody, that doesn't mean that Triple H, he understands it either. And I think that was probably one of the disconnects that Vince had with the talent. He didn't even know the talent. So how can you have a guy running the day-to-day operations of your TV and really not know the talent and what they're capable of? But Triple H knows that. So I think he's gonna be he's a big acquisition and the Gargano signing, I think Triple H when he was running uh, NXT, that was his project. Yeah. We love Gargano. So if he had a chance to bring him up, how long has Gargano been in the system? Uh, in WWE, I, he came in years. in 2015. 2015. Seven years. See, this is what I have against the NXT. Uh, I mean, the system of the developmental. They just warehouse these guys. They get them there, they're training them, they're doing the show, they're doing all that stuff, but yet they're warehousing them for what? I don't know because they can't bring them all up. How many guys does NXT have? I think they have, like, I would
0: say about 100 or so people are signed to to NXT at the moment. I think Dutch got another call. You got another call there? No, I just knocked it off. Oh. But I would say about like a hundred a hundred or so people is signed to NXT at the moment, especially considering they uh they just closed down NXT UK and are rebranding it to NXT Europe.
1: Hang on one second. Let me answer my daughter here. She's driving me nuts. No worries. <laughs> one second okay Let me- There. You're there now. Yep. Uh, I forgot what I was talking about. My daughter says, "Why are you declining me? <laughs> Maybe I don't want to talk to you." Well,
0: you, you told me kind of the some of the guys that you see kind of have a big upside or would have a big upside under Triple H that just recently resigned and you mentioned Karrion Cross and Johnny Gargano. Uh, who would you say out of this new grouping of people that he's brought back, do you not see a big upside for even under Triple H? Like, is it like a Dexter Loomis, a, no, a Dexter hit role? Loomis.
1: Dexter Loomis. Is the star waiting to take off. I really do. He's got that story. What's that girl's name?
0: Uh, Indy Hartwell from NXT.
1: He's got the story. He he doesn't. People are going to like him. Everybody's going to like him. Because he's the guy who doesn't speak. And everybody else talks around him but I think people will really, really gravitate to him and that little girl helping him. I think you, go, you, you see, a, he, he's a star in the making. I liked him when I first saw him in NXT. You know, I met that kid about, I don't know, 2017. He came to TNA. Yeah. And I wanted to use him and could they wouldn't use him. But I like him. Then he reminds me a little bit of Stone Cold. Just a little bit. So he's not overly big. But you could tell there was something there. There was some magic about him that I feel that they can be manipulated, manufactured. I mean, you can't manufacture magic, but you can take it and amplify it. Where it's uh, pleasing to the to the fans, and uh, and once you get him over, you can do anything with him. And I, I will say one thing about Triple H: he understands the wrestling profession. He understands that you know it's more than just going in a ring and beating a guy up. You got to tell a story. And Loomis's story, I think, to the to the wide uh, majority. Of WWE fans, they don't know Loomis's story, yeah. and when they and look at all that, that that video, they can go through and catch them up to speed. Catch them up; they can catch them up to speed in two weeks, and that's not that's not pushing it. So, but uh and I think Karrion and Cross, I think Triple H sees something in him, and he brought the he brought what Scarlet brought Scarlet back. Yep. So when they bring your manager back, your valet back, you know, th- that speaks a lot, just of itself. So, so hopefully now, and they're getting Cross. This is what I think is going to happen on SmackDown. I think they're getting Roman Reigns ready to turn. So if they get some heels like Cross get him hot, then they can turn Roman and then hurt him or whatever, let him go out and then come back and start a big angle with a cross. And I think that would work. So we're not going back to, yeah, we've done that before. If you're going back to Brock Lesnar, we've seen it. And we've seen it even when they brought him out the last time, we said, Again? But that was the only one they had to bring out. And that's attributed just straight up to creative. But creative can only do what Vince will let them do. I mean, I'm not giving them an out. But I don't think they presented Vince with a lot of alternatives either. This is another thing I'd work on in, uh, in WWE. It's my creative team. And I think what you're going to see, you're going to see more wrestlers on the creative team than writers. Because how can you, if you got a football team, right? You got your coaches. You're going to have a guy who just writes a column of football? Are you going to have a former player there that's been through it, that's perse- persevered through it, played it? Why would you have a writer there? And I understand there's a big difference between football and wrestling. I understand that. But but even when I was there, it was it was wrestlers were like almost forbidden from being on the creative team because Vince didn't want them. Because I think he was trying to get away from the old school idea of pro wrestling and try to take it in a new direction. Well he took it in a new direction, but it's it's gone way too far. Now hey, let's go back. Hey, the old stuff used to work. I mean, if you make a good movie, you don't gotta have stars. You just gotta have a good story. And you forget the stars because the story carries the movie. Right or not? Yeah. You agree with that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because so, you don't you don't see the actor anymore. You see who they're supposed to be playing.
1: So I would I would I would put wrestlers not all of them, you got to have some of them to write because a lot of wrestlers, they don't want to write. But they know how to do it. They don't know how to write it down and they may know how to, to direct it and produce it. But I'm not saying get rid of all your writers, but they got way too many. Some writers there, I've seen it, I've never, I just see them at TV. I don't even know what they did because they didn't ever take any of their stuff at all. They weren't even head writers. They were just, I don't know, they were just hanging around in catering is all I ever saw. Uh, anyway, but I, that's what I think we're going to see Triple H do. I think he's going to have more wrestlers in more roles backstage, which I think is a huge improvement. Yeah.
0: And he's kind of done that with, you know, the NXT uh, end of things with Shawn Michaels running things in NXT. He was also running things in NXT UK, which is one of the bigger news stories of this uh, week that NXT UK is basically shutting down and it's going to be rebranded into NXT Europe. Would you say that, you know, NXT UK, can it be considered a success uh in a way or do you think that it's this is wwe kind of acknowledging that it wasn't a success and they needed to rebrand and do something new
1: i think it's almost maybe a combination of both i think they're trying to make it bigger by rebranding it europe instead of uk and uh, did you ever see that show yeah any good Okay. It, it
0: was, it was actually really good. Anytime I watched it, it just didn't really get any promotion to it. And I kind of, I kind of view the whole, the whole rebrand of kind of like the NXT UK house is burning. And there's people burning in inside the building, and WWE is looking is like, Hey, look at our new luxury apartment over here, NXT Europe. Uh, let's let's don't focus on the burning building, let's focus on the new luxury apartment NXT Europe because they did fire about 20 or so people from NXT Europe, even people from like France, they only had one French superstar, and they fired them with this closing down of NXT UK. When you're trying to start NXT Europe, you kind of need those different. Demographics represented so to uh, fire your only French superstar, it didn't make sense to me.
1: But don't you think they'll, they'll put some French fan on there?
0: Before? Yeah, they will, they will. But I'm just saying, you they are holding on to certain talent from NXT Europe. I would have thought Emile, who I'm who the person I'm referring to that is their only French superstar, they
1: would have held on to her. Mm-hmm. Well, NXT is another entity. That I'm not really, really familiar with. Hey, I can only watch so much wrestling. <laughs> I've watched wrestling all my life, and I'm here. Even when I'm watching SmackDown, I'm going, "Oh God!" Ugh. But if it's good, I'll watch it. But if it's not good, it's take a break. Let's go. You know, go to sleep or do something. And I think that's what SmackDown has been for the last year almost it's just you just gotta you just and the only reason I would watch Smackdown is because of Sportskeeda they said well you kind of gotta watch the show I said do I have to that I won't do so but when they do something good I'm the first to say that they did something good and interested me but most of the time they didn't that was the old creative team, which I think the Triple H, I think he's looking for a new direction for all of them, too. I think they know it. Cornette told me one time, he says he talked to, I guess it was the developmental in Orlando. He went down there one day, and he's talking to him. And he, have I ever told you this? I want to so. oh, ask everybody. How many of you have been in a real fight? He had about 40 people there. Yes, how many raised their hands? Uh, two. Two. <laughs> and they were girls. And I'm thinking, how in the hell, really, and especially a writer, how could a writer even conceive of a battle between two guys and he's never had a fight himself. I mean that was one of the prerequisites prereq- you gotta have. How many fights you been in, Sid? Actual fights? Well
0: I would say about a like three and f- three or four in my lifetime.
1: Good. I've been in about 20 because I had to fight almost not every day at school, but Yeah, that's where
0: most of my most of my fights were when I when I was growing up in school. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, I I had a bunch of fights and I got cut one time and hit the head with a brick and all kind of stuff. I mean, fights on the street before I grew up, it was a you didn't fight with your fist. You fought with you fought with sticks and knives and because I did a lot of running too. You know, I may want to put that in there too. If a guy pulled a knife, I was gone but but when you talk about a writer a you know trying to conceive of a fight it just can't be done that's why producers are needed and agents are needed so the only thing a writer can do is conceive conceive of a situation where do two guys have a problem and then his job is done he needs to step out so anyway it's too many writers and too many non-wrestling participants backstage uh in wwe actually to to do any difference i i believe yeah that's it and and
0: that's what we all think that triple h is going to get more you know gonna keep intact more and change around in the wwe verse but i think that is all for the the news that we had to touch on dutch do you have anything you would like to add or any final remarks or any final plugs
1: of anything you want to say sir we will be on friday back on friday correct yes be back on friday at smack talk is rick gonna be there
0: yes rick will be there
1: oh my my god put up with him. No, I love Rick. Good guy. Uh, So we'll be back Friday. We'll watch SmackDown for you. I will watch it closer this time since we got all these changes and we will report uh, how good the show was. Or, and we're not shy about saying how bad the show is either. We damn sure say that. But, but there is a point where you can only be so negative that you you even don't want to do it yourself. So I am actually looking for something good. And I think on Smackdown this Friday, I I hope we see it. And and while I wasn't on last Friday, I had this, I had a personal appearance I had to make. I didn't have to make it, but I made it. And when I got back, I've never been more tired in my life. I flew up, I left at six o'clock in the morning and worked... uh, Almost 10 that night. Then got up the next day, went back to work at 10. Worked about 4. Then had to rush to New York Airport, catch a flight to Fort Lauderdale, then back to Tampa. I was worn the hell out. So, long traveling day. one thing about signings, screw wrestling. Screw that stuff. I mean, the money's in the signings. That's where it is, and everybody's happy. And that's what I like about wrestling fans. When you get a bunch of wrestling fans together, they're not bitching and moaning and wanting to beat somebody up. They're all happy to be there. And I really enjoy talking to fans because somebody asked me one day, this said, well, Dutch, you see your all your old friends? Are you Are you happy to see them? And I'm saying, listen, I'd rather see the fans because half those guys there, hell, we couldn't stand each other back when we was working. So, but the fans are always happy to be there. Uh, you take pictures with them, and you know you sign their autographs. Really, I I enjoy I enjoy signing. So, but I don't have any any more uh, scheduled till after October. You know I'm having surgery in October. You know that, right? Yes, you told me this. I'm having surgery, so wish me luck, folks. So if I go in, I hope I come out. Hope I don't come out with COVID or die in there with it. So uh,
0: let, let's you hope don't, not. You we, don't know. we love Dutch here.
1: You, you don't know. You yes, go, it's true. See, I've been I've been putting this surgery off for over well over two years because every time I got ready to go and have the surgery, well, here comes COVID again, and COVID has beat me up for two years. So anyway, uh, email me uh, dirtydutchmantel at gmail.com and you can go on twitter dirty D Mantel, or instagram dirty Dustman one i don't know why i don't get one handle that's go with it it's just too uh, it's too much work so but use if you write me i always write you back
0: Do that. Show your support for Dutch in the comments down below. Like he said, we'll be back at you on a regular edition of Smack Talk following SmackDown and Rampage this coming Friday. So for Dutch Manto, for Sports Keto Wrestling, I'm SP3, and this has been a special edition of Smack Talk News. Peace.